Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcast, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast with Yvonne Watnabi and George Papanicolaou. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, Eric. How are you? Yvonne, I am excited to be here. George, thank you so much for joining us. Yvonne, I know you're going to be introducing George, so um, I just got to meet him about five minutes ago, and now it's the audience's turn. Go for it. Great. So uh, I'm excited to, to bring on George Papanicolaou, one of our other partners here at Opus. George loves working with uh, families with diverse backgrounds as well, um, has kind of a unique story. I'll let him tell that. Um, but he's definitely one of the favorite in the office and definitely brings us a lot of joy and laughter. So um, without further ado, George uh, Papanicolaou. George, thank you so well, much for you, being man. here. Yeah, this, this is exciting. And thank you so much for helping me with your last name. Uh, it is, uh, <laughs> it's intimidating to say the least to see it, but Papanicolaou is pretty doggone easy. And, and I'm very interested <laughs> to hear a little bit about your background and how you, how you got to start working with Yvonne. So um, thank you. Thank you both. Um, I've been at Opus now for a couple of years. Uh, Yvonne and I had known each other from uh, previously. I've been in the business for eight years, going on nine. And, uh, you know, he and I hit it off right away. Uh, a little bit about my background. So I'm a first-generation American. Uh, my parents, my whole family is Greek background. Um, we grew up uh, pretty blue-collar. Uh, we'll call it like the cliche first-generation, you know, Everything was family business. You know, I grew up in the flower business. My uh, my parents, my grandparents, everybody was here. Everybody, every weekend was together. Looking back, my my childhood was was pretty awesome uh, compared to some of the other things I've heard. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, at first uh, I was in the military for four years, so I was in the U.S. Army for four years. And when I got out, I decided to go to college, uh, but I needed money. So I worked for my father at first. Uh, couldn't take my father being my boss. So my brother and I decided to come up with a, uh, a buyout plan. I guess that was the, the first glimpse of my, my strategy uh, skills. So my brother and I created a buyout strategy for my father. We bought him out. Uh, and within, uh, by the time I had finished my degree, uh, we had actually quadrupled our business uh, from where my father had had it. Uh, we had, you know, split the one company into multiple different factions. And nonetheless, we, we I, I, I thought we were pretty successful. Uh, we were one of the, uh, we were nationally ranked in a couple of different things. And I actually had an advisor myself who was a mentor to me in a lot of ways and, and brought me in under his wing and taught me a lot. You know, in that time period is when I met Yvonne and he and I, you know, just again, hit it off right away and, you know, worked well. And when Opus Private Client was was created, you know, I came on over and uh, I try to do the best I can over there. Fantastic. 
you know, I think the one piece that George hasn't shared yet that makes him uniquely qualified for today's conversation, you know, the podcast today are going to be financial planning considerations for starting a family or for, mm. a, you know, a young family. Uh, George has four kids um, nice. and I'm surprised he didn't mention that, but he's got he's working on a <laughs> basketball team over there. So, um, you know, we're really, really excited to have him on today and uh, to share some ideas. Right on. Congratulations, George. That, that's a uh, busy household you got there. I don't uh, blame you for I don't blame you for getting into work and you know kind of hunkering down. <laughs> you have a little escape every once in a while. And so so yeah, I have. Um, it's funny I didn't mention it. My wife will kill me. Um, <laughs> my 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 oldest just turned eight years old. Uh, my son is about to turn seven. I have a five year old daughter and a two and a half year old daughter. Wow. So three girls and a boy uh, and two dogs. Well, George, hopefully she doesn't. Uh, hopefully you redeem yourself through the rest of this podcast uh, when we talk about this subject. Now, I think it's very interesting considerations when starting a family. A lot of people don't consider a lot, right? I mean, it's, it's hey, we want to have kids, and I think we're good. Let's go ahead and, and start this process. And then it can be, you know, it's, it's a gamble at that point of when, how long it's going to take, when it's going to happen, and, you know, how prepared you truly are. A lot of things to consider. So this is a great topic for today. What do you think the main points are, or what are we going to be covering today for the main points for what people need to think about? You know, there's there's the, the quick to-do list, we'll say, first. And those are things that may seem uh, no-brainers, but at the time, you know, you're so sleep-deprived, it's new, you don't know if, you know, you think you're going to break your baby or, you know, you don't really know what's going on. Mm -hmm. But just the, the simple task of adding your, your child to your, your health care benefits um, people don't know that you have between 30 and 60 days, depending on the plan, uh, to do so, uh, or else you start getting bills from the insurance company and or the hospital. And those are daunting. They can affect your credit. Wow. Even looking at your, you know, what are your benefits? That is a life event. So that does open up the doors to start looking at changing things up. It's something that we do do at Opus, we make sure we, uh, we review what our clients do have. Uh, as far as the benefits available to them. But that's one of those things that we, you overlook immediately because you're not thinking about that. You're thinking of, you know, new, new life. You're responsible for that life. Do whatever you can to, uh, to make sure you don't screw that up. And, you know, the other thing is kind of take a, a back seat to that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I agree 100%. One of the things I found interesting is when my wife and I were first married, I didn't, it's not that I didn't want to take care of my wife, but I never thought of life insurance. But I'll tell you what, when I when I held my son for the very first time, I'm like, oh, man, I really need to get some life insurance at this point. I know that's only one small piece of this entire puzzle, but that was just something that triggered in me immediately. I'm like, now I need to make sure that he's taken care of if something happens to me. And then, I mean, I don't want his mom to have to work a ton and, you know, who's going to raise him, so on and so forth. All those questions come into play. And so that was the trigger for me that, man, I need to get life insurance right now. Yeah, Eric, I mean, I, I think life insurance is absolutely one of the, the big considerations that people take into their planning, especially when they're starting a family. And we'll, we'll definitely touch on that in a little bit. I think, um, you know, the other thing to think about when you're starting a family, going back to George's point on the health insurance side is, you know, we help clients sort of determine whose health insurance plan should we be on? Mm. You know, some health insurance plans are much more supportive of having a family um, of, of dealing with the overall costs of, of labor and those sorts of things. So we want to make sure that we take that into consideration when we're doing a, an evaluation come, uh, come open enrollment time. You know, another small tweak that we've, we've discussed with clients recently is 
and this is kind of a new, a relatively new concept, at least for us, is locking the social security number for children. You know, if you think about it, if, if the black market gets a hold of, you know, a social security number of a baby, it's one of the most lucrative ones that gets sold out on the, on the market because they won't know that their social security or identity has been stolen until they start to apply for credit cards when they're 16, 17, 18 years old. And so we want to make sure that our clients are reaching out to the bureaus, making sure that they're locking their social security numbers of their children so that uh, they don't have to worry about their identity getting stolen. Yeah, that's something I never thought of for sure. Holy cow. Yeah. I I think the last piece, again, you know, just going back to your your piece on the life insurance, Eric, you know, it's a larger, more in-depth conversation for our clients. And and it it may be a little bit more of a lengthy process. Mm -hmm. Um, The first part is just really trying to lock down the amount. Right. There are so many different types of life insurance and so many different companies out there. Um, you know, we certainly have a conversation around that with clients. But really, the ultimately, my wife doesn't care if I have whole life insurance, term insurance, universal life insurance. If I get hit by a bus tomorrow, she wants to make sure that the amount was correct. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when we're when we're having dialogue with our clients, there's sort of two camps out there. Um, there, you know, there are people that think about their obligations when it comes to their overall number. So they'll say, okay, well, you know, my mortgage is X and, you know, college might be Y. So that's how much life insurance I would need. You know, our thought process more around sort of income creation, mm-hmm. right? So if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, you know, my li- my wife would miss out on my income between now and retirement age. And so that is the true loss of me no longer being here from an economic standpoint. I, I, I think that I bring more to the table than just uh, than just the money, but um, she might t- she might tell you differently. But you know, I think that's how we like to think about the life insurance amount is really around the income replacement that would have come back into the household. Yeah, and that's I mean that's interesting. One of the things we typically find is when we we meet our clients, they're very much looking at a number, a specific number, and it's some number in the future. So, you know, when I, you know, if, if I died, my wife will be fine with, you know, let's say a million dollars. What does that million dollars actually produce? There's so many variables in the world um, around us. And it, right now is a, is a great indicator of that. We don't know where taxes are going to be or what inflation is going to be. So dealing in these absolutes is very difficult, it's difficult from a planning standpoint. And from you know, being a dad and, and being, you know, having that concern, it's, it's a little daunting. It's, a, you know, you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, you know, what, God forbid something happens, you know, to me, what's my family going to do? My wife doesn't work. What does she do? There's not, there's no real number that can really replace me. So to Yvonne's point, what we're doing in that instance is trying to replace the income, obviously never the person. Uh, and another thing that I would argue almost everybody, you know, overlooks is protecting their number one asset. Uh, Eric, what would you say your number one asset is your most valuable asset? Oh, I already know what that is. And that's, that's my income. I mean, that's all there is to it. Excellent answer. And, and it's, it's more often than not, we, we actually get the answer of, you know, my home is my Mm -hmm. most valuable asset or, you know, my 401k is my most valuable asset. It's not, it's, it's our ability to work. You know, the, we are the the cogs of the machine and if those cogs jam up the machine stops and you know the likelihood of our 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 death is is imminent right that's going to happen Mm -hmm. Uh, but the likelihood of 
a disability that lasts for more than six months and eventually we get back to work is very likely. Mm -hmm. uh, so protecting the ability to continue to work is something that uh, I find an unbelievably uh, important piece of the planning model. And it's something that, you know, I took advantage of early and you have to look at it also, you know, I, I'm a army veteran. I, I had certain things that I could not take advantage of from that standpoint because I had certain issues that came from the military that were exclusions on the, the income protection side. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, especially when you're in your twenties and early thirties, you still, you're in that invincible mode. Nothing can happen to me. Well, you don't know what can happen. You know, the next day you can wake up and something can just be off. Doesn't mean that you drop dead, but you know, God forbid something happens and you know, you, you, you have an arm issue or a, uh, diabetes is a big one. You know, we're, we're, I'm a little, you know, big around the waist, it's a lot of, a lot of baby weight I, I carry. Mm -hmm. And, um, some of these things, some of these things will start to make me unqualified, um, from an insurance carrier standpoint. So these are, these are typically, uh, issues that we want, we would ideally like to address with our younger clients first and foremost, you know, especially right when they have kids, because that's when you're, you're hit with reality in the face, like, oh man, it's not just me anymore. Yeah. And, and I want to take a minute here just to, to admit something to you, George. The only reason I knew that answer is because Yvonne taught me that on a previous podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> we've talked about it before. Uh, I know this is your first time, new guy, but uh, Yvonne's been training me for a while. Uh, so no, that's, that's right. That makes a ton of sense. And the disability thing is definitely something that concerned me again. When, when I first had kids, I got life insurance and I did use kind of that same model, Yvonne, that you were talking about, making sure I had enough coverage for the income that needed to be replaced. I would hope that my children would be sad if I died. So I figured on my wife not working to make sure that they're comforted and taken care of when they were very young. And so we, we did all that to protect the income so she would still have a monthly income based on the amount of insurance. But I didn't do anything about disability insurance because, again, I probably had that invincibility thing, George, going on and, and also really just didn't think about what it would look like if, you know, something happened, whether it's cancer or, you know, hit by a bus, but they didn't finish the job kind of thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, the overall arching theme here is that you want to be able to take care of the unforeseen mm -hmm. as soon as possible, right? If we can square away the health insurance, the benefits and the auto insurance and the social security lock and the life insurance and the disability insurance, then you can really focus on some of the growth inside of your model. But when you make a mistake in those areas, it's already too late, right? If a health condition pops up and you can't get disability insurance, mm -hmm. it's too late. If I'm no longer here because I got hit by a bus, it's too late. And so we want to make sure that we get all of those things sort of squared away you know, similarly to to how, you know, many people wait on getting their wills done, their healthcare proxy, their power of attorneys, you know, people sort of delay this conversation for a long period of time. And if something happens, it's then too late. You know, all of your assets go through this probate process. God forbid, you know, for example, George, you know, if George and his wife didn't have their estate plan documents done, you know, the courts get to decide who takes care of the four kids yeah yeah right and and that's it that it by then it's too late and nobody wants to have that you know up in the air and so the idea is that you execute on these plans you know in tandem with your financials to make sure that those decisions are speaking for you when you no longer can do that for yourself 
and that's the you know that's i think the final sort of core piece of of an of a young family or um, people thinking about starting a family is really making sure that you execute those those estate planning documents yeah and that's one thing that a lot of states go by it's a rule of thumb my, my wife and i've worked with children for a very long time a lot of states go by the rule of thumb who's the closest relative we're not talking mm-hmm. relationship wise we're talking distance so yep. think right now all those listening to this podcast who's the closest relative to you is it a crazy bachelor uncle that just probably shouldn't have kids around at all <laughs> or is it grandma and grandpa or brother and sister who are who are stable and doing well and mentally there uh you got to be careful if i mean well not careful you have to plan that's all there is to it yeah you know the thing i would add there when you start to have a conversation about the people that you're going to designate as those trustworthy individuals to take care of your kids or to, you know, to be in charge of the finances when you're no longer here um, really just comes down to two simple concepts. The people that are going to be taking care of your children need to have the same value system Mm -hmm. that you have. You know, maybe they don't even have children yet, but they have a very similar value system to you. And the second piece for the taking care of the finances, they don't have to be a financial whiz, but they have to have really, really strong, solid judgment. Right. They have to know, you know, who to contact, mm-hmm. how to assess the money, make sure that it's, you know, it's managed correctly. Um, those are the two critical pieces when you start to identify the individuals that are going to be part of that plan. It also happens to be the two questions everyone uh, gets held up on and uses as the excuse to not complete their their wills. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who gets the kids, who, who, who controls the money? And I'd like to put it out there for everybody. Every single person has the same holdup with those two questions. The likelihood that it happens is very, very low. It's important to get it, get, get the document in place, get it done properly. But also understand that when you're filling out a will, when you're in your mid to late 30s or early 40s, when you first have children or in your late 20s, whenever it may be, by the time your kids are teenagers, you may have rewritten your will at least once, if not changed some of those people that were in there. I know myself and my wife, life was very, very different when we, you know, she got pregnant right on our honeymoon. And my wife, we didn't think we were going to have children at first because my wife is a cancer survivor. And we, you know, we felt very blessed the first time. And we we had a second one right away. So we have, you know, borderline Irish twins. (laughs) And um, life changed very, very quickly for us. And by the time my third came around, our, our the person we, we had originally wanted our kids to be with in, in, in the event something happened, had two of her own children. So that changed. We ended up having to amend our wills. The person who we had originally put to be in charge of the financial situation in the event something happened to us actually passed away. Mm-hmm. So, and that was only in a, in a matter of years. So it's, very important to get those documents done, but know that it's not something that you're not going to re- address. What we really do well at Opus is we are in it for the long run with our clients. We are, we want the partnership with our clients. And that just happens to be another example of something you have to readdress as time goes along. It's just another piece of your financial world you have to keep revisiting to make sure it's the correct decision for today mm-hmm. and it's doing what it's supposed to be doing you make more money you create you know you, you you accumulate more assets you make friends you lose friends you have you know 
you gain family members, you lose family members, and that's just a part of life. You know, like I said before, we don't live in these super stringent, you know, exact details of life. It's life is one big variable. So you just do the best you can and constantly address and, and take care of things, making them as efficient as possible for each given period of life. Yeah. As we wrap up our time today, we're getting a little bit low on time. Are there any final thoughts from either one of you or things that we need to close with? I think ultimately you want to make sure that you wrap up the protection end of your plan before you start to consider things like college education and mm-hmm. putting money aside for your children. You you really want to lock that piece up first because, again, you have time to be able to accumulate assets for those types of, of expenses. Um, but if you really screw up on that protection side of the plan, you can't come back from it. So ultimately having a conversation around that piece will make sure that the plan is fortified before you start to look at things like 529 plans or UTMAs or other, um, other planning tools for, for, uh, for education. I I would also add when you first have a baby, um, you're not doing the things you were doing before. You're maybe not going out to dinner as much. Uh, you're not going out socializing as much. Take that opportunity to increase your savings rate. You know, people immediately do do the college savings plan, like Yvonne just said. Maybe that's not the, 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 the most optimal thing to do right there. And then it depends on the situation, depends on the people. Um, it depends on the you know, exterior environment, you know, the, like I said, the variables uh, around us. But increase that savings rate, recapture those dollars, squirrel as much money away as possible. And, you know, it, it makes perfect sense. Yvonne, to, kind of to your point, and well, even piggybacking up what George said, when you do realize that you're, you know, you're, you're plans have come to fruition and you're going to have a child taking that opportunity to to up or increase that protection value i think is is the first the very first thing because it's great to be able to set up a 529 plan but like you said with disability for instance if you're out of work for 2 years there's no money going into the 529 plan right because you don't have any money coming in unless you take care of the protection side first so Uh, I think those are great words and and a great bit of wisdom. Guys, thank you so much for the time on this podcast. I think there's a ton of information. If people are listening to this going, yeah, this is kind of the stage of life I'm in, and they want to reach out, how's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, so they can reach us uh, at our website, www.opus-pc.com. Our contact information is all on there, and uh, we look forward to hearing to people. Fantastic. All right, guys, thanks again for everything you did today. And the last thank you, of course, goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Opus Private Client's Wealth Style Podcast with the team from Opus Private Client. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please do so now by clicking the subscribe button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Opus Private Client LLC, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Style Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Opus Private Client, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 
Yvonne and Robert are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 800 Westchester Avenue, 4th Floor, Suite N, 409-914-228-8800, Rybrook, New York, 10573. George Papainkalau is a financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian. New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Numbers 0H44206 and 0I88914. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, estate, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. 2020-104020, expiration 6 of 22.